Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up? Full house for FT Live. Running on the YouTube channel all day. Todd Father's back. A little vacay. You feeling refreshed? Feeling refreshed, baby. Let's start talking some more baseball. I'm ready to rock. Let's go. Oh, we got plenty to cover. And there could be a trade or two. I'm already seeing some trade rumors flying around while we're talking because you've got some decision-making going on this week, including the 40-man rosters, which are getting filled up, and you got to protect your players for the Rule 5 draft. If you're confused, it's okay. Just listen for trades. You don't have to know all the intricacies of every single crazy thing that goes on in our baseball world. But we do have news right at the top here. Um, that I want to start with before we get to Ken Rosenthal in 15 minutes and Vinny Pasquantino, who's one of the better personalities in the sport. Pasquatch will join us in about an hour. Let's get right into it. Let's charge the damn mound. Powered by Teza. No nicotine, no tobacco. Tobacco-free nutrient pouches are right here. Congratulations to Pat Murphy. Kratz, you got to lead this off. This is a dude that you know pretty well. Great personality in the sport. He takes over from bench coach for a long time now as the Milwaukee Brewers' new manager to replace Craig Council. And he got the same contract, too, right? Five years, 40 mil? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Former coach of Craig at Notre Dame, we're looking at Ken's tweet, and his bench coach in Milwaukee from 2015 to 2023. And now we'll go against Craig. This is, this is a guy that like has his words, not mine, has completely changed. So many people in baseball, especially now in this generation, kind of like the Kipnis type of age, a little younger than me, they played against him, you know, as the manager or as the head coach at Arizona State. And it was like, oh, man, like this guy, he was such a jerk. You know, he would always yell at his players or yell at other players. But even during that time, like his close-knit group of players that – really knew him and got to know him were so close to the point where like, I think it was Ethier and that kind of era of Arizona state. Now I'm blanking on who all it was, but they'd go on vacations together after these guys, after he was out of Arizona state and he's admittedly changed since he was, he was the head coach there. Then he became minor league manager and he's changed even since then as a bench coach, a little bit interim manager for the Padres, but he changed as a bench coach. And I see the way that he connects with people and his empathy towards people, his ability to connect with different types of people through his dry, I mean, extremely excessively dry humor is something that I hope he continues to have as he now becomes a manager because sometimes bench coaches move to manager and they're like, eh, I got to be a little bit more of a disciplinarian. I got to change who I am. I don't think he's going to because of all that he's been through. Like there's not a guy out there that has been through more different stages of being a leader in baseball than Pat Murphy. It's Why funny. did it take so long? Why did it take so long? This is like Joe Espada. They kind of knew this, didn't they? They got blitzed pretty last minute. Though. Yeah, but they, but but again, if they're going to go, I don't know, phrase maybe you have a different opinion, but it's like the Astros. Like Joe Espada was there. This has been rumored that if Craig Council left, Murphy was going to be the guy. Espada has always been the guy with Dusty, right? Saying, oh, he's going to take over once Dusty retires. Well, it happened. And, you know, again, it took a little bit of while, but I'm happy for Pat. I never got to play for him, but I've got to goof around with him a little bit when I go in and do Brewers games and, Minor league guys, I know, like Frank Cora that played for him in the minor leagues and some guys that played for him in the big leagues. Everybody love, seems to love this guy. Some of the stories I heard, we had him on on, on uh, FT earlier when I talked, like he used to make guys, every guy had to give the other guy a high five, even if they made an out. They had to run all the way around and make sure they give the – it was, you know, he had some crazy stuff. That's not going to get away within the big leagues, but everyone seems to like this guy. We'll see how he does as manager. 
Yeah, and I, I think he's going to be solid. I think he's, he's worked his tail off to get to where he needs to be right now. I think he understands, you know, fully what it takes to be a manager. Like you said before, like before, during batting practice, I'd get to talk to him a couple of times and, you know, shooting the shit. He's a wonderful guy. Um, yeah, I just, I hope he stays that same course like Kratzy said, because, you know, I, I've had a manager, you know, Brian Price, awesome manager too, but at the same time, it's like he, he did get a little more serious as a manager. Uh, he was still the same guy, don't get me wrong, but there, you know, there's some things where we, we goofed around, we, you know, we didn't goof around as much because, you know, you got to take it serious, but uh, I still talk to him this day, he's an awesome dude, but at the same time, just keep, I hope he stays himself, hope he understands, you know, you know, he was a manager before in college. I know it's a big difference, but same time, enjoy this opportunity. You're getting older. You're not getting any younger. And try and help these guys win and, and be the same person that you can be. I think part of the reason it took a little bit, too, like, I don't know that Murph necessarily wanted the job, like, outright. Does he want to be a manager? Maybe. But I don't know that he necessarily wanted the job, like, everybody – I think everybody sees managerial jobs as like, oh, oh, man, I have to aspire to that. I have to. And he wasn't like that. Texting him during during the week or, yeah, during this last week since Counts announced that he was going to the Cubs, he was, you know, we kind of talked about that kind of stuff. And I don't know that it's necessarily like, oh, you have to be a, you have to be a manager. He really enjoyed being a bench coach. He enjoyed that connection and what that brought. Because being a manager, AJ hit on it the other day with, with when we were talking about Mendy, we we're talking about Carlos Mendoza. He, those guys work. They work. But there is definitely a different stress level or different expectation level as a manager. So you gotta, you gotta put your, you know, you gotta think about your family and everything. You know what that's gonna put them through. Well, you just said, Kratz, that you don't know if he wants to be a manager. No, no, no. Oh, he, he better want to be it if he's the manager. He better oh, know what he absolutely. got. Himself. No, he no, no, no. I was role. saying. He, I mean, of course he did, but but you know, he. I think when you talk to him, he always said he wanted another shot. I know I've kind of goofed around with him about it before. You know, he got he got a little taste of it in San Diego when he took over and interim for you know a month or so. Um, but then he never really was given that opportunity. He's been under counts for a long time up there in Milwaukee. So, yeah, I think he always wanted to give be given another opportunity. I don't know that he thought it would be maybe in Milwaukee because I think everyone thought council would be there forever, but man, I sure hope he wants to be the freaking manager. Cause if he's not, he, he, he's in the wrong line of business. Cause guess what? It's about to get real. Yeah. You now, know what Murph used to do? And if you go back and watch the video, I'm not sure if you were on the day that Murph was there, he used to bring a bagel on day games. He used to bring a bagel <laughs> into the dugout while like guys, you know, guys are kind of stirring around pregame and everything. He would have it in, he always wore that, um, the BP jacket Yep. and the pockets, which most guys never really use. It goes the whole way through. So he started bringing a bagel and he put it in the pocket. And then like, he'd like guys would be stirring around a little bit. Maybe somebody's not playing. He'd pull it out and be like, you want a bite? And nobody would ever, nobody would ever no. take him up on it. And one day, I forget who it was, somebody took him up on a bite of it. So from that day on, he started putting it in his in his sliders, in his like, and so he would pull it out of his sliders to ask if somebody wanted a bite of his bagel. Nobody, <laughs> obviously that that deterred everybody. He didn't really want to give the bagel away. Yeah, but why would he put it? Why would he put it in his pants? Is is the but why wouldn't? Nobody has ever taken a bite out of that bagel, whether it's in his pants or in his pocket. In his pocket, somebody somebody pulled a piece off. It was in his pocket, and somebody pulled a piece off. And I believe he was mad that somebody actually ate some of it. He was just yeah. trying to be nice and offering it. But See, but that's the kind of stuff where he needs to keep doing that yes. to, as a manager. Like the, not, not all the time. But the goofiness, the you know, there's a time to be serious and then there's a time to be who I really am. And that's, you know, throwing a piece of bag or something. Hey, just so you know, that was down in my crotch. It just hit you in the face. You know, something, it sounds stupid, but it's really stuff like that, that, you know, you get people laughing, you get the team like, oh, this guy's one of us. And I, and I think that's naturally what he's going to do. 
and naturally he's going to want to win. So they, they have the club that makes the playoffs all the time. They win the division a lot. And, you know, if they get a couple more pieces in there, I think they'll be just fine. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's uh, take a little look at last night. So we announced what? When did we announce the winners for Rookie of the Year? Like a month and a half ago? Beginning of the season? Beginning of the season? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were pretty good on Carroll. Some of us did have Gunner. Yeah. Before the season started. Yeah. Who else, who else was in the AL? Some people had Yoshida, which might have yeah. been me. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And We need to pull those back up. Yeah, we can look. It's been a minute. Um, so actually, where I want to start is the news that came across from these winners. So first off, the winners get paid more than you used to. Each of them got 750K. For first, and I think second's like 500K. And you get the year service time. So you get the year service time. Also, teams get first round picks, right? So, as if the Orioles haven't picked high enough in the past billion drafts, they get another first round pick. But yeah, the one that stood out to me is we had Tanner Bybee on the other day, and we were like, dude, you rooting for second place? And he's like, yes. Kratz, did you do a little fist pump for Bybee? Because so he was called up late April. And he is one year closer to free agency by getting second mm-hmm. place now. So I, I actually was wondering on the other side, Kratz, what Guardians um, execs are thinking. Because it doesn't mean anything to them if he finishes in second or third. The fact that he got second is going to cost a cheap franchise some money at some point if this dude turns out to be like he was in his first year. He'll just get traded sooner. Because they ain't locking <laughs> any pitchers up. They're just going to bring the next starting pitcher up. I mean, Bybee's a prime example. He's a fifth rounder, and now he's second place rookie of the year. Guardians will be like, hey, good job, but uh, instead of trading you in your fifth year, we'll now trade you in our fourth your fourth year. That's just the model we have, so enjoy these next three years in Cleveland. But I saw that. I think he got like 20 second place votes. I was like, yeah, let's go, FT Magic. <laughs> exactly. So, no, that matters. I mean, he was paying attention to that. Did you know all that, Todd Father? I mean, all this stuff has popped up since the last uh, labor deal with the uh, owners and the players. So, there's some little added No, I, there. I had no clue. It, it, it makes me think about when uh, when I did the home run derby three times. Like I think the winner got 100000 the loser in second place got fifty, and then all the participants got ten. So, I did it for three years. And then the year after I came in second, and I was basically done doing it. And they said, oh, the winner's going to get um, $2 million or a million dollars. I'm like, oh, this is a crock of shit right now, dude. Now, now, there's, <laughs> now there's more goddamn incentive to play. I was so pissed off. I'm like, no, but this is great. This is great for the guys, man. I, I would, I, I got to read everything up. But that is, that's interesting, man. Hey, you got little incentive base. Let's go. I love that. Did you finish in second for rookie of the year? I, I finished in third in third. Uh, okay. with the writers. I finished first with the choice of the plays. Yeah. So so what would third place get me? I don't know because I know first was seven fifty, second was five hundred. No, Kratz. Third doesn't get High five money. Tanner Tanner didn't think it was any money because I thought the top three, I thought no, the top three money. had money, but he said he said based on what he knew, and I assume players know more than you know when they're five hundred k for third place. Tanner Bobby just casually got an extra half a million dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Second it. place. But Second third place, place, I don't think it's anything. Oh, yeah, maybe not. I don't I know. Think it's 750 and 500. Okay. You would think wow. third maybe gets a little third, 250 you think piece. Third would get something. Yeah. So I was just trying to see how much Yo, money we could come up with for Todd. Insane. Um, after his playing days. I love this. I love everything about that. Imagine how big your cage would be if you had gotten that 500 Oh. <laughs> 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 But anyway, I mean, we knew these guys were going to win for you know quite some time now, and they were unanimous, both of them, which doesn't happen very often. And we can show the tweet. So this is two of the longest rookie of the year droughts that come to a close. The second longest drought belonged to the Orioles. 1989, Greg Olson 
was the last winner, not the football player. The tight end. And yeah, not the tight end and, and broadcaster. And the Diamondbacks have never had a rookie of the year winner. There it is, since they were wow. established in 1998. So Corbin Carroll changed all that. You know what? I, the other one that I thought was interesting was the Astros have had a top five finisher in nine of the last 10 years. That is impressive picking. That is impressive drafting and developing to me. And Yiner Diaz is the one who he finished fifth in AL Rookie of the Year voting. So it's just wild. You see some teams that haven't even had a dude and win the award in a long time. And then other teams consistently have candidates up there, which kind of plays to, you know, where some teams are at. But I thought that was interesting. I would have said that about the Guardians. I would have said that about the Twins, just based Mm -hmm. on playing against them. You're like, man, they just never really have guys that you're like, oh, they're really good or they're, you know, you'll have, you have your like generational players, but I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said any of them were that long, but I think that's a cool stat. Just, just imagine getting, you know, they usually give them out in December, like these incentives. Just imagine just getting a $500,000 check before Christmas comes. That's pretty, it's pretty legit. We got all the money here. So you're right. There's nothing for third place. If you're a pre-arbitration player, so if you're making the league minimum, which is 700-something K, if you win rookie of the year, that doubles. If you get in second place, it's 500 K. And then MVP and Cy Young have bigger incentives. Like if you win MVP or Cy Young and you're a pre-arb player, you get two and a half million bucks. All MLB team, you get a million bucks if you're on the first team or 500 K if you're on the second team. That's you have to be pre-arb. Yeah, so if you're it, if you're in the arb world like, already, you're yeah. already you know getting the the dough. They were trying to the the whole goal here, and our show didn't exist during this time period. But the whole goal is there are a lot of young successful players that are not getting paid that much in the grand scheme of how baseball compensation works, right? And it kind of incentivizes teams to just keep going down that route, right? So you're trying to be like, yo, uh, Orioles. The, the winning model isn't just everyone makes league minimum and you keep rolling from there. And if you guys, you can't be forced to do anything differently, but we're at least going to try and get a guy like Gunnar Henderson paid a little more. That was the back and forth battle that went on. Did I describe that well, Kratz? And Look. called up sooner. They're, so that and, they're not yes. manipulating service time. No, Correct. Let me ask you. And, teams are getting, and teams are getting their incentive in the, you know, it's not only like they couldn't just, let players get something. It was like, well, we need something too. Like, and now they, they have guys that finish in the top three, they get a draft pick for it or top two, they get it. They get their draft pick for it. So it's their teams are making out really well. Like think about the value that Gunnar Henderson brought to this team. I'm not saying he made them win the made them make the playoffs, but the value that they, that he brought now got them another draft pick and they're going to trade him in year four or five, probably five. And it'll get them another draft pick at that point, or three more draft picks. Let me. So now Corbin Carroll, he's going to be all first team, I would assume, right? Kratzy, wouldn't you assume that? Yeah. So he'll get MVP votes. So now it says here it's a million dollars. So now he'll he won't get both of them. He'll just get a million dollars. No, I think he'll get both. And if a player qualifies for two or more awards based on bonus, he'll receive the higher of the two, but not. Oh, you're right. He's not going to make first team. I don't think. First team outfield. I don't know. First team all MLB. He's going to be a top ten. I mean, I just said that because he's going to be a top ten MVP guy. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to. You think he's going to make first team all MLB in the outf in right field? Not right field. If it's only right field, I thought it was outfield though. Okay, there's not. I, I find he might make second team, but I don't know. He's going to make first team MLB outfielders. I'd have to look at that. I I saw the tweet of who was who was available for that. I mean, obviously Acuna's first place. Yeah, he's the right fielder. Yeah, so there goes there goes first team right there. It's not all outfield. Is it? Is it right? Field I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I mean, if it's all outfield. I think he has a chance. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, I'd see second team more for him. I would think. I'd have that's, to see. I'd have to see Mookie bats. Another conversation we could have. What does Mookie qualify as? Is he an outfielder? What did that's he play good, more of? Yeah, Mookie, yeah, he definitely played more outfield. Bellinger or, or, or utility guy. 
Bellinger, Bellinger Soto. There's a there's some dudes now. Tatis right field. He won platinum glove. I mean, there's some dudes in right field. Yeah, but I think Tatis is below. I think it's 770 OPS. Shrunk like his muscles. And who who decides all this? Is it the writers again that decides all this? Who decides? No, all, this? all MLB is different. I couldn't tell you. I used to know, but I don't remember exactly. I think there's some fan voting involved with it. I don't know how it works. I, I don't remember. We'll there's a lot. There's it's a lot. Tough position. Oh wait, the teams are chosen through fifty percent of the vote. Fans, fifty from experts. Uh, I would love to know who the experts are. So only 107 games in the outfield for Mookie. Second base. He played 70. Three outfielders, regardless of specific outfield position. Ooh. Yeah. And then, is there a utility guy or no? No. Uh, no. Okay. So you get first catcher first, second short, third DH, three outfielders, DH, five starters, okay. two relievers. So Mookie, Acuna, Luis Robert. Uh, can, can I Bellinger. ask one other question then on, I mean, on this? Names. Soto had a good, really good year. So – so when Byron Buxton's contract was announced, what was it, a couple years ago, it was heavily tied to incentives that include where he finishes for MVP voting. Mm -hmm. So I thought that there were ethical questions in mind because there's so many millions of dollars tied to what a writer will, how a writer will vote, right? And also, I mean, BBWAA does a nice job, but there still usually is like a writer here and there that'll be voting for their hometown person when they shouldn't be, you know, let's be real. Usually you'll see like a third place vote for someone on something and you'll look up and you'll be like, Oh, it's the dude in their town. Right. It's the Homer conversation that AJ goes over sometimes. So, so to double down on that fans can vote once a day for all MLB until um, November 19th. So for like another week, so fans can literally make players more or less money. Yeah. You thought about that? You yeah, like, and don't forget all-star games too. Yeah, bots, whatever. If somebody's really good at that shit, <laughs> yeah, like oh, 100 percent, dude. Does, is is that is that okay? I mean, and I'm presenting this without necessarily a better way to do it, but just wondering know, man, your thoughts. Maybe on that. maybe the players should do it without voting for anybody on their team. Be like one of those. Hey, you can't vote for yourself or anybody on your team, but who you think? You know, I don't know. Is there a better way to do it? Not really. Not if you want. They want the fans inter interacting. Yeah, I want the fans interacting too, but I'm saying should that then be tied to the money or should something else? Hey, if an owner wants to sign you to that deal and you know a lot of fans and they like you and you're popular, you make more money. No, but I'm saying like if you get all MLB, you get a million bucks. Like That's that what I'm saying. Fans yeah. like you. Right. Then and guess what? You're going to get more money and guess what else? The team gets more money because people come to watch you play. Or maybe you just have a massive family that votes every day for you. Pre-arb pre pre guys though. That's pre-arb. <laughs> yeah, this is for pre-arb. Yeah, yep. so it's not it's not free agent guys. I would have a tough time. Maybe I'm naive. There's there's, there's not a lot of pre arb guys that make first team all MLB though. That's what I mean. There's not. No pre arb first team, guys. First team. So they haven't all signed MLB. a contract. First few years in the bigs. Okay. Yeah. Since they've started this in 2019. Like the Trout Harpers. Oh, you're saying? I mean, it just they just started. Just became this. a thing. Yeah. But think about it. how many even even Trout and Harper their first couple years. Would have been tough to get into this. No, Trout, Trout would have been easy. Trout might Trout have been the only dude, one. Trout, Trout would in. have been in. Yeah, he would Julio have been, Rodriguez he last year. Julio, Julio, okay. Julio was in there. And he signed a big deal, so he's out now. Uh, technically, he would still be pre-arb. But I think obviously, if you sign a contract, you have to. That has to be taken away, right? Oh, that I don't know. No, no. So that was my other point. I forgot about this. Corbin Carroll still gets paid, even though he signed the big contract. Correct. That's good. That makes sense. I hope he makes first team. I hope he gets his million dollars. Gets every first fucking team, dollar. First team all MLB is a real that is that is tough. Because when you're talking about both leagues, obviously player of the year should be Shohei, but that's a completely other question that I'm gonna <laughs> 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 Too bad he didn't win. Let's ask Pasquale. <laughs> oh, we're definitely no, but, Vinny. You know where this comes to play? Where, where I actually oh, give it credit? <laughs> so last year, all MLB, and I don't know if it was first or second team. Chin down, I gotta look. Do you know one of the starters who got on the all MLB list from last year? Trider. Alec Manoa. Oh, so, so this is a good example. He, he should have. Absolutely should have. He finished third Man, place for ALC. Gosh, he fell off the face. So he gets to all MLB. 
he got either 500 or a mil, right? And this is what I'm talking about. You're a pitcher, mm. whether you get hurt or something happens, and you, you might be a dude like him where you spent years in the bigs, and then you look back and you're like, man, I contributed to like a good amount for a few years to a multi-billion dollar organization, and I didn't really get that much money out of it. You know, so this is a way to reward someone like that for their performance before they're really making big money. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, it, I want every player to get every dollar they can. So yeah. go for it. Get every cent uh, you can. All right. So I have sad news to pass along that is breaking just now. Um, Peter Seidler, who is the owner of the San Diego Padres, um, passed away. Um, the announcement was just made by the team, and you can see here the tweet, with profound sadness, the Padres announced that their chairman and owner, Peter Seidler, passed away today in San Diego. He will be dearly missed. Way too young. 63 mm-hmm. years old. He had some illnesses, though, man. Yeah, I think he, I think he was fighting cancer twice. He never really said, but he. I know he had some procedures. I, he, yeah. He, there were some – a couple times this year he appeared at the Padres game, and he didn't look well, right? And it's sad. I mean – this listen, this dude was great for baseball. Yeah. He was awesome for baseball. He was awesome for the San Diego area. He fuck, he paid, man. He he built the team to try to win the damn World Series. Sad they couldn't get it done for him. But and and now sadly, you know what's gonna happen to the Padres? Their payroll is gonna go. You think so for sure? Brian Cashman on line two. Uh Hey, uh, Preller, uh, this is Brian. Yeah, you guys are dumping your payroll. Um, yeah, we'll take Soto for Eric Kratz. Thank you. Goodbye. You think that'll change? million percent. Yeah. Well, mil- one of the things... Because they were already rumored to have to dump $50 million before he passed away. No, they didn't have to. They were um, There was loans and stuff. Yeah, but they needed to drop $50 million. Okay. 40 well, to $50 million. Part of the narrative here, and this is true, is that Peter was not in good health and wanted to win and said... Hey, fuck it. I want to win. Right. So, um, he's the opposite of John Fisher. Correct. John Fisher's like, fuck it. I don't care. I, if we lose every game, I'm still yeah. getting my money. And then you have Peter Seidler who's like, I want to win every fucking game. He, he I want to get a world series. A great ambassador, a great, you know, uh, part of this game, I think in terms of carrying it forward, great stakeholder in the game. Um, he did have two bouts with non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and, I'm just looking back at some of the quotes that he said over the years. This is not a small market franchise. We represent the eighth largest city in America. There's nothing we can't do. Um, I think for the city of San Diego, they lost the Chargers. And he looked around. In addition to obviously wanting to win Kratz, he was like, we're the only show in town. Let's give the people a show. And the Padres are San Diego's team. Obviously, this is all they've got. But they are taking care of them. That is an entertaining experience. They are, he put everything he could, in my mind, from what I observed, into that team. And, yeah, I had one run-in with him, and, and he was nice as can be, and very passionate about winning and about bringing people joy, which I think he did much better than many of his peers. He, he, put, a, he put the money out there to put a team on the field to not only win, but like you said, like bring people to that stadium. And they showed up. People will say, well, you know, the fans, they really support the team, blah, blah, blah. He created that. I think he created that in San Diego. I think it's always been there in Philly. But both owners really pushed for this. They really pushed to bring these guys in. They were they were in on free agents. They were in on bringing Tatis up early in 19, you know, instead of saying, eh, you know, we'll hold that, we'll hold him back so he doesn't reach arbitration as early, free agency as early. No, they went all in starting that year pushing for there, pushing for them. I remember when Hosmer signed there, that was like one of the first pushes to change the environment in, in San Diego. And Anytime a team makes that much of a push with free agencies and financial financial obligations, like you look right at ownership and the whether AJ Preller has done a good job or not, it's really, you know, he's been given free reign to do what he wants, and that's from the ownership. And I that is that's something that is refreshing to see. Yep. And at the end of the day, this guy wanted to win 
he did his all to be the best he could be for his for the team he was owning. And it's a sad day in San Diego, man. He's going to be missed by a lot of people. Um, you know, he wasn't worried about much. He was worried about helping this team be the best that they could be. Like, listen, he brought these guys over here to win. It just hasn't worked out. But forget about that, man. He was a great person. And now um, he's up there watching over, you know, his beloved Padres. Yeah, cared about legacy, cared about what people thought of this is what owners his should franchise. Be. This is what owners in sports should be. Correct. First of all, first and foremost, I feel like if you want to – listen, I get that there's a ton of money in, in sports, yep. owning a sports franchise, but you should be also a fan. Like, John Fisher's not a fan of the Oakland A's. He doesn't give a shit. He just he, it, To him, it's a financial transaction, right? Mm-hmm. Even Okay, I'll even take it a step farther. The Braves. Liberty Media owns the Braves, right? They're not a person, a single solo entity that says, hey, this is my – like Illich for years in Detroit. Remember before he passed away, it was like, I want to win. We're signing Prince Fielder, Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, David Price, Victor Martinez. We're bringing in like a super team that, unfortunately for him, never won, right? But you want – as a fan of a team, I want my owner to be a fan of that team, and I want him to be competitive as hell – when it comes to not only making money, but also trying to give my team the best chance to win. And that's what Peter Seidler did is he was a fan and he was competitive and he won. He's like, okay, so it's going to cost me 10 more million this year to possibly sign whoever fine, but I'm going to do it. Cause I'm going to make 20 million on the back end when I pack the stadium every damn night. And they cook the, listen, we all know they cook the books to make it look like, Oh, they're losing bullshit. They're not losing. If they were losing money, people wouldn't be dying to get into sports ownership. Michael Jordan bought the Hornets for how much? And he sold them for like, he made $3 billion off of it. Stuff like like this. People are dying to get into the ownership business. It's not because every team's losing money like they say. It's because guess what? They're all making a lot of money. It's an exclusive company. So, because, you know, I, I think of also, first off, there were some owners talking shit and they don't like guys like um, Steve Cohen and, and, the way that Peter was operating his franchise because they're like, it's his they're choice. perceived as small market. They're making us look bad. I'm like, but you can make yourself look good. It's his choice. What's the guy's name? Nutting. What's the guy's name in Pittsburgh? Yeah. I mean, Bob, sure. Bob Nutting. Yeah. Right? Don't even I mean, start on him. Dude, well, no, but here's my thing about Pittsburgh. I, Crouch, you were there. Todd, you played there. That place could be unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Like, the, the, they, they come, they, they get 15,000 and they've been awful for a long time, but they still, and then when there's a good team in town, that place is rocking. We saw it in, all, in the in the wild card games when they made those those runs. We talked about it with AJ Burnett on Legends. Like that was one of the scariest places to go, and they packed it out. And it's a great ballpark and a great location and a great city. But you got to spend something to get something back. That what's this Vegas? Got to scared money don't make money. You got to spend to make it sometimes. Uh, the the one other thing I'll say, and then we got our guests rolling. So it, you also have a civic responsibility when you are taking money from everyone, essentially, because it's tax dollars to make almost any ballpark. So the Twins just announced they're cutting payroll. I think that's fucked up. That's not a high payroll team. They're making plenty of money. You know, when you look back to when they got a new ballpark and the city helped out a lot, it's like, oh, well, this will help us, you know, be able to actually compete and, you know, get players that we want and everything. And then, of course, you know, how soon we forget. So anyway, most importantly, um, we are thinking about, Peter Seidler's family and close friends and our thoughts and condolences go out to um, the Padres world right now, which is rocked by the news of Peter Seidler passing away. All right. So let's stay fired up here. So (laughs) we're talking about movies. No, I don't care. You guys can talk about movies. You can talk about movies for the next 30 minutes. See how many people stick around for it. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Stick arounders. Uh, Stick around for this. Trevor May recently retired. Getting after it a little bit. Um, breaks down the difference between a slider and a sweeper and tries to do it for the kids because the attention span is, you know, a minute or less. So he did his best, and here's how it looks. Clearest explanation of the difference between a slider and a sweeper in as short a time as possible. The first thing we need to do is understand what a slider has been historically called. Anything that is thrown harder than a curveball and breaks similarly has been called a slider. A bullet spin that creates vertical movement and horizontal movement, usually much smaller than a curveball to get the velocity. Those are now called gyro sliders. 
We now have sweepers that focus very heavily on horizontal movement and not so worried about vertical and we're not so worried about velocity. If we can get velocity, great. But if not, it's okay because the slower the pitch is, the more it's able to move. See Jason Adam. And then we have slurves, the Jose Barrios. It moves very similarly to a curveball with maybe a little bit more horizontal, but the velocity is the slider velocity. It's a very hard curveball. Maybe it's been called a sweeping curve in the past, but those are classified as slurves. All slurves are sliders, all sweepers are sliders, all gyros are sliders, but it's not the other way. Nice. Is it over? Wait, did Adam, did, did anybody not watch Adam Wainwright explain it? Yeah, no, with it's the, great. With the seam, like how he talked, I don't even know how he Well, he was the showing seam. the how to how throw to hold the pitch. It, but he explained why it's a different pitch too, because the seam, you try to catch that seam and make it go more sideways. I don't know. I, I mean, listen, they're all fucking sliders. I like what he said that. He they're said all, that. I know. I said, I like that he said that. They're all fucking sliders. Well, why are people so sensitive about this topic? I don't know. If you don't call it a sweeper on TV though, your Twitter will blow the fuck up. Yeah, but the other people way- People will be like, oh my God, he won't say sweeper. Who cares? But, but the other way around is happening too, okay? I'm going to defend both sides here. The other way around has occurred many times this year where there are some people that are offended when it's called a sweeper, including some current players. They're like, don't call it a sweeper. Like, who cares? Why not? What does it matter? <laughs> you got to get the just get the guy out. I like the slurve because that's got net. It's got a little more bite to it. I like that one. But it's a different form. It's a different. What do you want to call it? Subset of the pitch. You no. It's in between a slider over. and a curve. That makes sense. A slurve. Yeah. I like that. I, I've been hearing that one for a long time now. Yeah. Guys have been guys have been doing this forever. Like I had plenty of pitchers. The one that comes to mind is Julius Chassin. Like Julius. Very few people know who he is, but he threw a slider. And he would make the thing go like this. He would make it go like this. Then he would shorten it up a little bit when he needed to just get a little like ground ball. And then he's like, well, maybe, maybe I just throw the cutter. Well, maybe it's the slider. And sometimes I'd call the cutter and he'd be like, eh, partway through. He's like, I was thinking maybe a slider. Maybe, maybe I you called a cutter. Maybe I want a slider now. I needed it bigger, just based on what I saw halfway through my motion. Shashimi. Guys have been doing this forever. Now they're just able to put a, they're able to put a, you know, numbers to it, video to it, slow motion, how the, how the grips change and everything. Shashimi. That's what I used to call him because he would throw all that damn slider every pitch, and he, like you said, he changed it every time. He put down three, and it was like seventeen different pitches. Yeah, you never. You'd see guys get jammed by a slider. And normally that happens when like he throws like a backup or something, or guys think it's a backup, but it's just him like seriously mid mid pitch being like, ah, he looks really like he would be like reading the guy and he looks really aggressive. No, like Javier Baez, he could he knew what pitch was coming. Javi one time turned around and he goes, I know a slider's coming here. I know it is. Fastball, and he, and Jesse would be like, nope, slider. And swing and miss, swing and miss, pop it up. Because it's just different pitches all the time. All right, cool. Un unhittable. <laughs> I can't hit them, so call them whatever you want. I just can't, couldn't hit them. That whole subset of pitches is exactly why I hit what I hit. Daggone slider. Bronson Arroyo, screw that guy. <laughs> well, he, Legend's he territory if you backup. want to hear from Bronson. Yeah, and those backup sliders, you, I mean, that just freezes you. Booked him. Doesn't doesn't even know doesn't even know where it, he's not doing it on purpose. He throws a slider and it goes this way. I'm like, come on, dude. Booked him at eleven. Eleven years old, by the way. Just FYI. That's your boys. I thought you. I assume you didn't mean in 2011. No, at eleven. Well, then later. On, later then later on in major leagues, but I also booked him at age eleven. He was probably doing more. Um, that's when he was a weightlifter. Clean and jerk oh, weight. Oh, dude, I was, I was there for all that junk. I was there. I lived that I love that legend. That was Gus. a great legend. Great legend. With his dad, yeah. Gus. Come, babe. Wears red Converse high tops every game. Wear the bike shorts. He <laughs> all the pitches. You have his hands on his hip. If one hand was closed, it was a curveball. Both hands were open. It was a fastball. Oh, he was man. tipping. He was our coach. Yeah. He, was the, he would call the pitches like that. He, He'd stand there and he'd go, whatever hand was closed was what pitch it was. Dude, I mean, that's amazing. I hey, like crap, I'm for years, man. It's unbelievable. I, I think I'm just going to be here. Do it. I'm going to hold it up here. And... 
Yeah, but there's someone Strange in the job. rival the rival yeah. town to Tom's River is watching this show right now going, oh, I got Frazier's. Oh, I got Frazier's, I got Frazier's club. Hey, I have the simple because these kids nowadays, they throw two pitches, and it's either a fastball change or a fastball curve, and my, my signs are really simple. And I want to do it now, but then I'd have to think of more signs, so I'm not even Now you're worried it. about it? Uh, yeah. Sign stealing, but, paranoia. It's a big thing. Hey, this was a real thing. 2018, the Cubs, uh, I don't know if he's a bench coach or, or whatever he was. When Contreras would catch, he would call the pitches. Oh, he would. Well, with the paper. Oh, nice. That's great. Why do you think? Why do you think we started? We were so pissed when the pitcher would shake off because it was like, it was like, oh dang it! Now we don't know what he's shaking to. Jamie Cork used to do that with the Royals. He'd put his arm over the thing and he. Really? Wait, but. Like this. Like his arm was over the railing and you'd go. <laughs> so you guys knew. Well, obviously. Yeah. So what the hell are they doing? And I don't think anyone notices. Yes. What? So but, how long did this go on? Both of these situations. I don't know. Jamie Kirk went with the Royals that long. I, I don't know. I was only. <laughs> I know this. We had a coach. How about this? We had a coach on our my high, my son's high school team, and we don't call the pitches in high school. We let we let our catchers call them. Yep. And one of the coaches on our team came up to us during the game last year and goes, Hey, coach. I think they got your signs from you to the catcher. And the head coach looks at him and goes, well, that's amazing because we don't even give any signs to the catcher. So I don't know what the fuck they're getting. <laughs> Who told you that? One of our other assistant coaches told us this. And we're like, that's impossible. <laughs> they <laughs> they're not even giving signs. <laughs> they knew, but you didn't. Yeah, they apparently knew. That's the best. When you talk to when you talk to a guy you used to play against on a team that was like really big into picking signs and everything. And they come up to you and they're like, oh, we knew exactly what your repeat sign was. So, so easy to get it. And I was like, I've never used a repeat sign ever in my life. Not oh, one God. time. I can't wait. This is fun. Wait, one follow-up here on the Contreras situation. So can you give me the way that this worked? How would you – So, so you would – you guys would just stare over at the pitching coach. No, no, it was, nice... it was somebody else, and, and oh, the dugouts are like sunk in. I forget who it was. Okay, so and it wasn't every time. It wasn't every pitch, but if Contreras would look over, you know, he'd have his, he'd have his, like, you know, he'd have his note sheet, and he'd be like, and he just give like a little. If it's a right-handed hitter, that kind of thing. And then you'd look over and he'd have a one or a two? Yeah. I mean, not as the hitter, the hitter can't look. Only the lefties could look. In Chicago, the lefties were the only ones that were facing their dugout. I mean, that's a pretty big advantage, though. That's that's mm-hmm. that's pretty uh now we know what now we know what Aaron Judge was looking at when he was <laughs> the guy in the first base coat, the guy was holding up his, his little pad of paper and he's like the Gosman, I know Gosman wasn't pitching, but he's like, and then see Aaron Judge go, look at the first base coach. He's like, oh, okay, I know what's coming now. Thank you, Homer. Dude, I, I had in high A ball a first base coach. He's like, dude, I got the signs. I'm like, great. And he would he would literally, if my hands are on my knees, like he can't see. If my hands are on knees, it was, a, it was a fastball. If I just stood up, it was off speed, and it worked for like two two games. It was great. Hands on your knees. Stuff. Hands on your knees. That's There's a, a lot of stuff, Scotty, out there that you know. I like it. Dude, I, I was paranoid. I'd look everywhere. I was always like watching the first base coach, watching third base coach, watching the hitter. When I was catching, I was always like, okay, I'm watching him. I'm giving signs, and I'm looking at. I'm not even looking at my pitcher. I'm looking at the first base coach. I'm looking up at the the, the hitter's eyes. I'm looking at the third base coach. My pitcher is irrelevant because if he don't start, I know I need to put a different sign because you can see him out of your peripheral. Yep. Be, I'd be like, you're the first base coach. I'm like, pitcher's over here, and I'm like. Giving the signs. Oh shit! He he moved his hands when I put a finger down. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, you're a freak! You're a freak! Also, you guys were in the the sign stealing paranoia age, which technically I guess still exists, but not as crazy as it was for that probably what five to seven year period where teams would just hunk a camera down and you know the, only people that are the paranoid. Yankees and the Red Sox and obviously the Astros was the big one, the whole deal. The only people that were paranoid were the people who saw it work out well. As soon as as soon as somebody showed me how sign stealing can work, and I'm not saying it in a nefarious way, I'm just saying like 
guys picking stuff, a catcher moving too early, all that stuff. As soon as you see it, that's all you're looking for. Chase Utley used to be the most paranoid of all time. He ran. I wasn't there for it. He told me he ran off the field. He was MFing the first base coach. I think it was for the Marlins at the time. This was before we were playing. He said he ran off the field and shoulder hammered him as he was walking off the as he was running off the field. He's like, don't ever, don't ever relay signs. And the first base coach was like, what? He thought he was he thought he was relaying signs into the hitters. Oh, it was and certain guys are more paranoid than other guys, and I just assume those are the guys that were really good at sign stealing. True. Yeah, it was a cra- crazy time. All right, so no, but this was like I, I'm talking about before that though. I'm talking about like early two thousand like Esteban Loiza in two thousand three was unbelievable. The White Sox. It like the first half and then the second half, like because we that's when you played them nineteen times. The first couple of times he pitched against us, he shoved because he was like cutters and all this. And then we got his, we got the signs from the catcher, and our and our coaches would, just, our third base coach would, for lefties, and he he was like this, and if his hand, he just go like this with his hand, that meant cutter, because he could get him from the catcher. So he'd literally just go like this. He'd stand there, or he'd stand with his arms down like this. I, I mean, they're obviously up from this thing, but he'd stand there like this, and if he would go, move one arm, it was away, and it just just like that. He'd just stand with his hands down. You, you could see him. He'd go, move one arm. Just move like this. Just boop, 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 boop. And then we just raked the wise of the rest of the year, and no one could figure out how we did it. But we were getting him from the catcher. Yep. And I, I'll take. I mean, it's, it's not cheating. No, I'm hitting. I can see the third base coach, and he just goes. And if it was in, I'd be like, I ain't twinging. Just give me a cutter in. And I'd look for – he'd give me the one away, and that was the one we'd hit. Mm-hmm. That's good. Pitch calm. Still. There's still ways. There's pitch well, comp. You can get location. You can get location, yeah. but you can also get Oops. the other year. And I, I'd said it earlier. The other year, Maldonado was doing the same thing. But I, on off-speed pitches, I would adjust my chest protector. Pitch comp's not going to hold that. Pitch comp's not going to like avoid me from doing that. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to like think about all your cadence. Some guys would do one two. They would get into their primary their secondary stance as a catcher one two on fastballs, being ready to throw, and some would go just one step, left foot, right foot, whatever it is on off speed. That's relayed in. I told you the Chris Capuano when I was at the Red Sox, what he would do. You give him a a pitch on one side of the plate or the other, fastball or slider, if it was a fastball, he'd wait a second. And if it was like a breaking ball, he'd just go right away. It was like – I mean, it wasn't anything he did. He didn't move his glove different. He just – it was his cadence. So, like, I told him, like, dude, you got to – you got to – he's like, what? I'm like, you're tipping every pitch. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, so like on slider, you go right away. Like you start your windup, and then on fastball, you'd like, it would be like a pause. It'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm ready. But pitch it was like. doesn't save that. So, yes, it's still happening. It was crazy. It was crazy. The, the things. I told you the pitch comp story of my son's team. Where they were, yeah. they were, the team we were playing against had pitch comp, and the infielders had it. Mm-hmm. And the, kid, the kids were getting on second, and they were calling. They were like, fastball, fastball. And the other team's like, how are they getting his reason pitch comp? The shortstops was up too loud. And there's nobody at the game. They could they were at second base. They could hear the shortstops pitch comp. They're like, curveball, curveball. <laughs> oh, <that's bad. laughs> they weren't that's even bad. hiding it. They were like, curveball, curveball. <laughs> uh, I like that stuff. All right, let's get to manager of the year. So we can run through this pretty quick. Just tell me who do you think should win and who do you think will win? We'll start with our National League candidates. Craig Council, Skip Schumacher, Brian Snitker. Uh, Todd Father, I don't think you were with us the other day when we talked about no. this topic. So you no. want to kick it off? Who wins? Um, I think Skip Schumacher should win. He's his first year getting the Marlins back into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like first-year guys coming in and, and setting the tone, man. I think, you know, they, they had a really good organization. They had a really good squad and um, – Nothing against the other two guys. It's it's just really refreshing to see a new guy come in there and uh, take care of business. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's close, Kratz. I want Council to win just so I can see him have to go back to Milwaukee to get his award. That would be <laughs> that, that's the fire I'm looking for for Twitter. But no, skip a hundred percent. I think they spent like they have four million dollars to spend in free agency, and like he did what he did with this team and. He's also the only one that the hat actually fits on the picture. Like, Council looks like he's wearing my hat. 
They just like put him under it. And Snit, they're just like they just put that hat on top on top of his head and we're like, we need a picture. He's like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Skip, I hope Skip wins. Yeah. He I mean, he's win. the one with the least resources, lost his top two starters, still figured out a way to get him in the playoffs. I mean, no offense, I love Snit, but dude, I mean, the team you had, if you didn't make the playoffs, huh, I mean, you should be fired on the spot. Like, National League fired manager of the year. Yeah, yeah. like the Bills offensive coordinator after that debacle last night. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. I mean, I think Skip's going to be a candidate almost every year if the Marlins are not really going for it resource wise. You're going to be put with a team that's tough to compete with in a division where there's heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Braves are not going anywhere. Phillies are going to be a force for a while. Figure the Mets, they spend enough and get themselves Nats turned are, around. Nats They're going to figure it out. Are, the Nats are on the upswing. So it's going to be a tough task for him. I'm going to keep an eye on on his situation in general. I thought in 18, I, I thought in 18 counts. Counts should have won it. We had ninety some wins. We had the most wins in the National League. Snit won it because they were just, you know, brand new, a brand new up and coming team. But they, you know, they had Acuna, they had Freddie Freeman, they had. But I, I thought, I thought Counts should have won it that year. Obviously, I'm biased because I was there. But if if Skip keeps going to the playoffs, at some point, that'll wear off. The whole luster of it will wear off, and I think that's unfair because he clearly made a huge impact. Not just him. I don't think we give enough credit to the Marlins coaches coming in and, you know, kind of setting a new tone, a new standard, who he was end up he was hired by Kim Ng and, you know, setting that new standard. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. American League manager of the year. We've got Bochi, Kevin Cash, Brandon Hyde. And a reminder to the crowd that doesn't pay the closest attention to this, in case you don't know, this is for the regular season, not for any postseason involvement. These votes come in at the end of the regular season, which obviously makes it sense. Uh, makes it harder. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would stick with Brandon Hyde here. Orioles haven't done much in a long time. <clears throat> All these young kids coming up, and you know, you think about the. Gunnar Henderson, uh, Adley Rutschman's, you think about, you know, what they had. You think they're pitching staff. Like, they're not going to wow you with the names they had, but they just got the job done. And so I would pick Brandon Hyde here. I like that. I think Hyde. I, I think Bochy, as Crash just talked about, is probably – I'm assuming he's won this award before. So he's probably, you know, the luster has worn off. And I think Kevin Cash, people expecting them to be more competitive. The, the Orioles are kind of ahead of their time a little bit by winning the division. I think this is Brandon Hyde's – to win and he should win. I thought it was impressive too, Kratz, that the Orioles had so many players that made an impact pretty quickly. You know, there weren't many guys like, cause they brought up so many players this year and there weren't many where you looked and said, mm, not ready. Yep. Completely agree. And that is a credit to Hyde and his coaching staff that they created an environment where rookies and guys with, you know, one year of service time can, step in and just be the players that they are. And it's going to continue for them. <laughs> they're going to keep bringing up dudes and they're going to keep the guys that are there are going to keep getting better. So it's, it might be, again, this might be the only year that Hyde wins it because now all of a sudden he's going to have perennial all-stars on his team and he's supposed to win. Is this real by the way? So Bochi won once. The year that he won was 1996. With the Padres. He won one. He did win one 27 years ago. Mm-hmm. He's also got four World Series, so he doesn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah. He doesn't do, give a fuck. Do you think managers care that much about this award? Uh, no. Joe Girardi won and got fired <laughs> with the Marlins that one year. I don't I don't think it's a, a big deal award. No. Nope. I, I, it's not like a, a player rookie of the year, Cy Young, or MVP. It's kind of a weird award. It is because it's like, what's the criteria? What's the criteria? It's different depending on what you think. A lot of people argue that, you know, there'll be like projections or thoughts that are preconceived. There's people in the baseball industry that'll be like, you, you know, media, writers, whatever, will say, this is what I think this team's going to do. And then if they don't do what you think they're going to do, right, then you elevate their status. Like, oh, I think this team's going to be bad. Ooh, they were good. Manager of the year. I'm like, yeah, there's some of that. 
Sure. So will David Bell win it next year when the Reds make the playoffs? Probably. Why? Are people thinking they're not going to be good? I think people do think the Reds are going to be good next year. So that's what I'm saying. Like the Reds, the Reds are going to be good next year. But yeah. if, he, if he takes the Reds to the playoffs, now it kind of debunks the whole theory. Well, we kind of thought they were a little bit above average team and they just so they made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like nobody thought the Marlins were going to do anything. That's why Skip Schumacher is correct going to be manager of the year. Nobody thought that the Orioles were going to win the division. They thought maybe they had a chance of improving. They showed it. They showed it last year with the what do we say? What do we say for twenty twenty two? Was that last season or was this this season? Anyway. Yeah, the season passed. So last yeah. season twenty twenty two season. They had a great run and then they made no moves and they kind of faltered towards the end. But now they won the division, so nobody expected that. Manager of the year. Mm-hmm. I think generally it's, hey, this team made the playoffs and they weren't supposed to. So it's, it's just it's a hand yeah, out the trophy. It's a meh yeah, award for it's me. It's a meh. All right, I mean, so it's then, cool if you win it, I guess, but it's kind of meh. Council's so, never won one, and he has eight million dollars a year salary. Meh award. Yeah. There's there's more important mid. things for that role. So casual. All right, let's let's give a shout out to our friends at BetMGM. Um, the bonus code is FOUL200. When you bet 10, you get 200 instantly if you're new. Uh, place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the app of at least 10 bucks, and you'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Gambling problem or concern, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I have a flight tomorrow, Kratz and myself at Borgata on Thursday to do the show. AJ will be here, and then Kratz and me hitting up the big poker tournament. Um, the $1 million GTD Fall Mini Series will include a little bit of a social media takeover action from Kratz and myself as well, so check that out. Exactly. They asked me, here, I'll, I'll give you some, some inside executive access on these crazy meetings that we have every day after the show. <laughs> Do you know what they asked me, Kratz? The uh, some of the people involved with the tournament, you know, we're getting you all registered and all of that. And they said, "Is Kratz bringing his online trophy?" For real? We, they really asked that, and we said, "Yes, he is bringing his online." I wasn't going to, trophy. but I will. No, we would love you to bring it. I think it would be really fun. That it's, it's, get, it's that intimidating. Get stolen right away. What? No, that's his paperwork. Steal it? <laughs> that's Dang. how you prevent people from looking at your cards. Yeah, but then everyone's and, gonna be calling me and stuff. I want to come in. I'm going to come in as a nobody. Yeah, come in as a nobody. I'm going to go somewhere where somebody knows my name. <laughs> I think I think everything about you today goes against that. A standout blue shirt, the shades, the trophy. Good luck. Um, all right, let's slap. Boom. Hey, so we've got a giveaway. So we just announced it. No? Oh, okay. You're pointing to me. Yeah. Um, we have a giveaway. Are you, you want me to talk about it? No, he wants you to give Scott away. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it's, it's me. Uh, so, you get to have Scott live with you for one full <laughs> year. So we're partnering up with Candy Digital. Candy um, is running a giveaway right now. It's on Twitter, on our Twitter page or theirs, of a signed Kyle Tucker baseball plus a digital collectible. Very easy to enter. You must follow both at Foul Territory TV on Twitter and at Candy Digital on Twitter and just repost the post, which used to be called retweet. They've changed it to repost, as in, you know, Twitter. So we'll randomly select a winner. And we'll make that announcement on Friday, the 17th. So you have three days, run around, go, sign baseball, plus digital collectible, get after it. Kratzats, what do you got? First, I'd like to say good luck to the Doc Academy girls soccer team going to play in the state semifinals today at 5 o'clock. Let's go, girls. Ball out. And (laughs) talk about other sports on here. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, Scott. I'm not in charge. Scranton Rail Riders. Am I? <laughs> the glow at the park Friday night hat. Nice. It's I like nice. that one. It's like, it's like velour, too. Like I think it's cashmere, maybe. 
Or velvet. <laughs> it is velvet. Nice. I like the neon green. Mm. Very festive. I bet you do, Panama Red. So. Really, Adams did have a beard. <laughs> I, I know this isn't tomorrow, but but is, is Stephen Vogt joining us this week? Possibly. Possible? Okay. He's still not Just trying wondering. to shift around his schedule. Poor, my poor friend Stephen Vogt's going to be gray soon. I can already hear it. Yep. He's going to be so stressed. He's going to be so Let's get him gray. before that. I want to get the before and the after. Yes. Um, but anyway, look out for much more on the guest front over the next few days of announcements that we'll make. And Michael Young on Legends Territory, which will be released within the next 24 hours. We will see everyone on Wednesday. Bye. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.